Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, where we cover a band, an artist, an artist who people think is a band, and this week we're talking about Tame Impala. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with... I am Dax. Jared. Tyler. And once again this week we were talking about Tame Impala. This was my choice for the month. How did everybody else feel about listening to Tame Impala this week? Let's start with Dax. I felt very good. This is, uh, I, I like Tame Impala. Uh, they are on one of my favorite playlists that I go back to regularly. Music that really butters my toast. Uh, it just gets me in that mood. That's the best way I can describe them. Can you describe to me what it feels like to want to butter toast? To want to butter toast? Yes. Music what? that makes you... That's what the music does, right? No, it butters my toast. Oh, you're toast. the toast. Where you are the, the toast. It I've, butters you. Where's your toast? The butter is the music. It, it makes you soggy-er than you were no, previously. No, no. The music is the knife. <laughs> sure. Upon which the butter's on. That's what's buttering you. So or perhaps what's, it's what's the, the butter? force... Holding the knife. What's the toast? That's my question. No, 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 no. Okay, let me, let me. Where is your toast located? Let me clarify this, and then we'll move on because I don't want to spend too much time on it. The music is the butter. The artist making the music is the knife. Dax is the toast. That's right. That doesn't make sense. Continue in terms speaking. Of this, this saying. Continue speaking about Tampa, please. Uh, that's all I got. Jared, how did you feel about it? I thought it was okay. Um, I have listened to them previously some, not that much. Um, so I don't think I've listened to the first album fully before. I'm pretty sure I'd listened to, uh, Lonerism, Lonerism previously, mm-hmm. but then obviously none of us had listened to the newest album. Which that is true. Kind of the purpose of the episode. That so. is correct. Tyler, what did you feel about it? I felt okay. Uh, I've long held the opinion that Tame Impala is honestly, in terms of critical and popularity, overrated. After listening this week, I'm upholding that opinion. You're upholding it. I'm upholding, upholding it. it. Yep. He, he believes it. It's been accurate. upheld by re- listening to all of it again this week. That opinion is upheld. So does does that mean, and not to get too far ahead, the new album continues to feel like you are upholding that? Oh, undoubtedly. Okay, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Okay. Okay. In fact, it, it reinforces it more than any other album for me. You think so? Absolutely. Huh. Absolutely. Okay. You are entitled to that opinion. So I want to uh, clarify something with with this conversation before we get too much further, because it's happened a couple times now. This is not a band. That's correct. correct. This is a music project by one person, correct. Kevin Parker. Tours. With a, with touring, a band, yeah, a touring band. But he does everything. He records everything and writes everything. So it's not, produces it's everything. not a band. The band that he tours with does have input like, input yeah. on the music. Yes. So it's kind yeah, of they also have, a But they band-ish. don't have a final say. They just have suggestions. Yeah. But all in all, if they suggest a part, it gets recorded and this or that, and he goes in and is like, no. Then he changes it. And he could very well go in and just play the whole thing himself. I'm trying to think of another example of, of this... I mean, like uh, Panic at the Disco. Yeah, well, na- well now yeah, it yeah. become now. that. It wasn't, yeah. Or I mean, Prince is that, but he has a band. He had various touring people and studio people, like Prince and this, Prince and that, things like that. Sure. So that's another example. But I mean, we don't need to do that. But it is one. It is him. It is a person. But so I don't know the best way to say 
I guess you could just say he instead of they, but it, it is not a band. It is right. one man, an Australian man. An Australian man, sure. indeed. Well, I didn't know that until this week. I always thought it was Tame Impala as a band. Well, it's easy to confuse that because when you think about it, so like if you look at music videos, they show a full band. Mm. It's not just Kevin Parker. Well, it's by also himself. more like visual stuff. It's like when I think of Tame Impala, I don't think of the. I don't even. I wouldn't even know who is in Tame Impala if it is a band or one person. I did not know what that person looked like until this week. Right. So because the a lot of the stuff that is done is visual art and things like that in the music videos, pu- sure. puppetry. Uh, very because I'm a man. Yes, of course. Um, so yeah, one dude. Yes, Kevin one, Parker. Kevin Parker. Did you know he plays the jazz master? Does he? Yeah, it's a beautiful guitar. Think so? Do I think it's beautiful? Yeah. Oh yeah. Huh. It's own, mountain goats. I own one. That's another <clears throat> one. Um, he also is very yeah, into yeah, drums. Sure. Yeah. He uh, began as a drummer. That was his first instrument. Yeah, I, I listened to an interview this today actually from triple j an australian radio station which Who? we have previously talked about a few different times triple j and triple j are huge fans of tame impala for understandable reasons other than how tyler feels but they nominated them for the j award mm. and i think it's the j award i'm pretty sure that that's that sounds right yeah. the, the name of the award for their album inner speaker and for the album lonerism as best album and so they've, they've you know they have been represented by triple j quite quite often i don't think that you have very oh, I, mean, I know this for a fact actually you don't have a lot of international success with groups from australia you know so for to have a local son or whatever mm-hmm. become something way bigger not bigger but you know it's you can be big in australia and then come to the states and not always find success right so i think that they're trying to do whatever they can to continue that success well they got a couple big ones right courtney barnett's australian Mm-hmm. Tones so there's and another I. one that's doing Tones and I. Yep. ACDC. Well, yeah, that's modern, very sure. modern. They're still around. The drones and their and their newer counterpart are Australian. Australian music, everybody. Um, but Tame and Paula is not. They're bigger than Courtney Barnett. Yes, I would say mm-hmm. so. Way bigger than uh, Courtney Barnett for sure. She's not headlining major festivals no. or anything. So I she's performing at major festivals though. Performing, but not headlining. Yeah. Which is an indication of who's more popular. Yeah. So Lollapalooza and such. Yes. Uh, I would say, though, is that Inner Speaker was really not a massive success in terms of like a commercial success. He wasn't a big name when Inner Speaker came out. No, it wasn't until Lonerism, really, that. And even with Lonerism, he wasn't the big name that he was until Currents. Currents is really when he blew up, which makes sense because that was when really, not that pop was not. infused into the music of inner speaker and lonerism but it was so so heavily in the psych realm that well the pop that comes out in okay. current okay are you going to argue to me right now that inner speaker and lonerism are not psychedelic I because uh, they are psychedelic we're not playing I would, that game. but i wouldn't say that they're so have i mean so i did a couple like this must have been two weeks ago uh-huh. i did before i knew we were doing this this week I did, well, before I paid attention, I did a brief synopsis by sampling multiple songs, popular songs off of each album, because I was having a discussion with a buddy of mine. And I was, because I was debating with him about this, that people call Tame Impala psych rock, which I've never totally agreed with, although I do acknowledge that there is psych rock sounds in here. 
and I went through it. And so I think Inner Speaker is is pretty much a psych rock album. Like I won't yes. deny that one. Inner Speaker is pretty standard psych rock, although it's not as loud as I would like noisy as I would as I would like it to be in terms of psych rock, but it is fairly psych rock. Then I found that Lonerism, the only part of it, like it's it's psychedelic in the way that late Beatles were psychedelic. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Um and not like the garage like heavy psych that we that like you think of from the late sixties into into the seven like early seventies. And in fact, if I close my eyes, some of those Lonerism songs are almost Beatles songs, which is kind of cool. He has been compared to John Lennon yeah. on many occasions. <clears throat> but once but as you're speaking, once you reach currents, it's like there's almost it's just it's like synth pop. And it's it doesn't really resemble and I guess people have called it psych pop, which it is psychedelic pop. Yeah, but I feel like people want to call it psych pop because there's like a lot of delay and phase in it. And that's it because every song is like the same effect over and over. What and do now you, that's all like that's the only thing that makes something psych. What do you think makes something psych? It's I think not the it's, garage elements. I think I think it's a mixture of like the tonality of the guitar and stuff. The tonality of the instruments in terms of gain and... It, there's definitely some delay, but it's also a certain amount of layering. It's a certain amount of just like jam. But it, this is all just like drawn out. Psych pop is closer, but for me, it just falls way closer, currents on, to just almost standard synth pop, honestly. I it don't, doesn't really fall in the realm for me anymore. I could understand that you would think that perhaps the new album, The Slow Rush, um, is not necessarily a psych album. I would have argued the same thing well, that a lot of the psych isn't. elements have fallen out, yeah. but Currents absolutely is still a psych pop album. I don't know. It's got some. It's got some. Doesn't have all of it. Doesn't satisfy psych for me. So I, I think this would probably be the most appropriate time to do so. And I've talked about this. I talked to Dax about it, but I, it's something that I and I put it in my reviews. But it's something that like I use to orient my knowledge of Tame Impala to a certain degree. When Currents came out, I was talking to. Um, Travis, the owner of VGR, which is a record store in Muncie, Indiana. That's where I was previously living. And we were talking about Tame Impala. And the way that he oriented it, the way that he was talking about it, is that he said essentially that Inner Speaker is like a 60s psych rock album. Mm -hmm. And then Lonerism is more of a 70s psych rock album, has more of the elements that come out of the 70s style of psych rock, which I think makes sense. And then Currents is more of an 80s psych pop album. Hmm. And then I was had this, this pre, I just hoped, I prayed that the Slow Rush was a 90s album, that we just followed yeah, the decades. But it's not. That I, I could find, we, me, me and Dax were listening to it. We were driving back from getting sushi because it had just come out like that moment and as we were driving back. And I was like, I have to listen to it now that it's out. I can't like miss out on this. And so we were listening to it. And I could hear things, but I think I was kind of like forcefully adding things in saying like, oh, I think that might be 90s. I don't I don't think that it's like a, a 90s inspired no, album in any way, no. shape or form, really. I think it exists really in its own vacuum of time. I don't see it as like a traditional pop album. I think that there are there. It's, it's certainly pop inspired because Kevin because Parker is very inspired by pop music. He has interest in pop music. And I think that that speaks to the music that he makes. But I don't think that it is a traditional pop album. I think it's a lot more complex than a pop album. Yeah, so I was did, thinking so the did. newest album had more 80s than anything. Yeah. Like, it had it had bits and pieces from all over the place, but it was very much an 80s sound. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
I'll just say it just for the sake of ruining ruining it for me and just getting there. I thought the new album was not good. Not good. Not good. Uh, I already anticipated. I didn't think it was going to be good because From the singles because he released four singles, all of which were on the album. They were different. They were not the single. The releases that he released as singles were not the completed tracks that were on the album. Five. I'll singles. clarify that. He released five singles. Five singles. Which which ones? So I know Borderline was released. Let me look at that. It, it might be time. Yes. Oh boy. It's lo- lost in yesterday. Is it post- posthumous? Posthumous forgiveness. Yeah. It might be time in Borderline. Yeah. Patience was not on there. Post hummus. So that's four. What did you say? No. Lost in yesterday was a single. Breathe deeper was a single. Where's breathe deeper release? It might not be on Spotify, but it's released as a single. Okay. Two um, days ago, breathe deeper released. Two days ago. As a single, when the album the album came, came out. out two days ago, it was released as a single that day. Oh, that's nonsense! Well, prior to release of the album, he had four singles, which is the only thing that we can do to judge an album for prior to its coming out. That's the purpose of my discussion. I didn't think it was going to be good because I didn't think the singles were all that good, particularly. And then when I listened to it, I just I found it to not be. I find multiple songs on there to be bloated, and making shifts when it should have just been a new song or it should have been taken to a different ideas elsewhere. And uh, it just, it did not do it for me. It did not do it for me. And I just, it just, it just gets lost to me as a pop album that people are going to think is amazing because people like to be all over it. I, I read a couple of reviews. Some people like to talk about how, like I read a, some reviews where they talk about how he finds sounds from different places. He finds sounds that are familiar because he's pulling from a lot of places and he, uses those sounds and the tonal aspects of that to write something that you think you've heard before, but you haven't. But when I really listen to it, all the things I think I've heard before, I can actually tie two things I've heard before. So it just doesn't do it for me. I don't find it to be as original as the rest of his albums. I find it to be as polished as the rest of them. I know it took him a long time to get to like, get to this point of releasing it and he put a lot of work in it. So five years, you know, in that regard, well, it was supposed to come out in April and it didn't because he wasn't you know ready for it April right. of last year. So I, you know, the work is there. The, the quality of what, of the, you know, the sound is there, but music, you know, musically com- in terms of compositions, it just did not do it for me at all. So what would be an album from them that did? Lonerism is my favorite album, and even so, I mean, I still just think that Tame Impala is overrated. I just think it's overrated. I think I think Inner Speaker and I think Lonerism are interesting albums that did something different that brought psych those psych sounds back in a way that was relevant to the time in which it came out. That sound good. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of work put into it, you know. And the production was really good on it. And I like Lonerism, and I like. Inner speaker for those reasons. Currents, which I know everyone enjoys, is another one that was I find to be okay, but it didn't really do it for me. And I w- and I found myself to be aggravated, in fact, thinking about how much people freaked out and blew up about that album and how they think it's this new, you know, it got rated best new music. People think it's phenomenal. People think it's a really good album. They're all like, oh, listen to this. He's done something. You know, people think it's so different. But to me, you know what? When I listen to that, I hear a lot of familiar things that have been done by people five to 10 years before that, that were just as invent, like more inventive in that time. I hear stuff from Fantagram's first album, Eyelid Movies released in 2010. I hear some stuff from even Passion Pit 
from uh, Manners, released in 09. I hear stuff from Ratatan and L1011, which are post, post-rock groups who released albums in the early to mid-2000s. You know, I hear things from the decades before that that were, you know, just as good and broke ground prior to that he had to, that, you know, that he had sounds to build off of. And it just doesn't, like, I just get aggravated about it all. So, like, and people didn't like those as much. People weren't like, oh my gosh, look, I mean, Passion Pit, yes. Uh, that, you know, that album and the preceding album actually was even more, uh, you know, lauded than, than Manners was. But, like, people didn't go all out on Fantagram's album. And it was a really great album that has so many ties to sounds in Currents. And people are just freaking out about Currents. And I just, like, pretty universal feeling about Currents then? What's that? Just not liking what's on it. I like currents. Okay, I don't dislike currents in terms of musically. There are parts of it I don't like. I like some song. I really like. Uh, I really. What, what's get stuck in your head? No, I can't remember the title. Of it. No, the one you were the doing. The less earlier. I know, the better. The less I know, the better. I think that's a really great song. And other than it gets their biggest song, it's a little too long for me because the end shifts a little bit in a way that I'm not super happy with. But I like most of that song, and I like the guitar tones in that song. I think it's pretty interesting. And there's a couple other songs on currents that I like as well, but there are a lot of parts on it that just don't hit for me. And there, and a lot of the stuff that people like laud, laud him for in terms of like bringing this into that realm, I just find things that I think are better examples of that than, than that. Jared and Dax, I would probably take a guess and say that currents are your favorite albums from Tame Impala, or would you say that after listening to the other three albums, one of them being new, would you say that one of those albums has superseded your enjoyment of Currents? That's tough. I don't think Currents is my favorite. Okay. I think it would either be Lonerism or the new one. Okay. I haven't listened to the new one enough to know for sure. That's fair. It's probably Currents just because I know the most music from it. I didn't think I knew anything off of uh, Lonerism, but I did no elephant right which i think is a really good song i felt elephant was featured in a car commercial i i felt like it was a black keys song you know what i said earlier this week what's very very funny actually i was listening to some of the new album from tame impala at work on friday because i had we had a day where i you know could actually listen to music because we were doing things other than working with the kids and so i was playing it and one person who heard me listening to it was like is that MGMT? And I was like, no, nah, it's not actually MGMT, but I could see where you'd get that. And then another person was like, that kind of sounds like the Black Keys. And I was like, I could see that. Yep. And then I was doing research earlier. They toured with MGMT and, and the Black, Black Keys. Keys. Yeah, MGMT is a good example. And I was like, all those things kind of make sense that they, that they toured with them and that the sound is kind of like that. That's on... Continue. Jared, what were you going to do? I like, I, I like Currents. Um, I, that probably is my favorite. I... I didn't not like the the new album. We'll probably get into that altogether. Maybe I don't know if we're going into it right now or not. So I'd like to come back to. It. I'd like to go album my album a little bit. That's more, what I figured we yeah. were going to do. So when we're talking about elephant, can I jump in here for yes, a second? Go for it. I also yeah. thought it sounded like something, and I looked and looked, and I this is the closest thing that I found. Okay, let's play elephant first. Shaking 
So here's Rollover Laydown by Status Quo. And believe it or not, that song was released in 2005. Yeah, isn't that one? Yeah. That's uh, tonally similar. Yeah, definitely on the rhythm. The groove is definitely mm-hmm. like a very it's kind similar. of a standard groove. Yeah, I um, agree. Yeah, that's it's why in a I, lot of things. That's why I think Elephant's interesting because uh, it's kind of a standard groove, but the phrasing is a lot different. Mm-hmm. And that's and the phrasing is really interesting in that song because, like, until you get into it, it feels like things just pop out. Like when they feel like it, kind of. You know what I mean? And that song, I think that song has an incredible build to it. I think a yeah, lot of lonerism is featured by that, where songs will start kind of at a nice, like, resting place and then come to a very, very large build. Elephant being one of the best examples. I'll play just the part where the instrumentation really starts to build on the song. But a lot of songs are like that off of Lonerism and just have that same kind of sound of like big build to it that has, and I, I will say it again, very psychedelic feel to it myself, but here we are. It's got some. So let's go a little bit more album to album. Uh, what did you guys think about? Because I'm assuming all of you, this is the first time you'd listen to Inner Speaker? No. So you've heard Inner Speaker before? Yeah, right? I've listened to Tame Impala. I've known about Tame Impala since... Lonerism came out, well, I guess probably since 2014, probably, which Lonerism was in 2012, so 2014 on. So I've heard, I've listened to both of those albums multiple times. I own Lonerism on vinyl, and I've listened to Currents a couple times. The guys at work, Currents is their favorite as well, so. 2010 it came out. Inner Speaker, not Lonerism. Oh, yeah, yeah, Lonerism yeah, in yeah. 2012. Inner Speaker came out in 2010. Yeah, first yeah. And I think this is the first time I listened to Inner Speaker. Yeah, mm-hmm. first time. Okay. Do you like do you like the sound of Inner Speaker? Do you think because like again, Inner Speaker was really the album that most people are less familiar with, sure. and so most people who listen to Tame Impala have probably not returned to Inner Speaker. I would say. So I I like Inner Speaker quite a bit. It has a very unique sound to me in terms of taking an old like sixties garagey jammy kind of psych rock sound. And putting that with more heavy production and, you know, like synth tones and a lot of interesting elements from my perspective. So I like Inner Speaker quite a bit, but I don't know what you guys think about it. I liked it, um, but it didn't necessarily stand out. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I didn't not enjoy listening to it, but I didn't. I don't have a whole lot that I can really pull from that I'm like, oh, this is something I really want to talk about from this album. Sure, that makes sense. I really like Inner Speaker as well. Just like you. Those are, I mean, a lot are, of, that and Lonerism are the two albums that do it for me. Well, I think that there's a pretty, I mean, just to go ahead and transition also into Lonerism, you know, at the same time, 
I think that really there's a pretty distinct split in terms of people who listen to Tame Impala. I think that there are the people who really like the early 2010 to 2012 sound of Tame Impala that has that heavier psych sound, has that heavier, you know, that, I don't know, like a, a more old school feel to it. And then there are those who really like the more pop infused currents. And then, of course, this new album. So I think that most people who are fans are probably the ones who are more familiar with the newer music. Like people who would be looking for something to talk about with Tame Impala would say, oh, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with Currents. I'm pretty familiar with the new album that just came out, but I probably haven't listened to a lot of Inner Speaker. So, yeah, I think it's a good it's a good debut. I won't dispute that by any means. I like, like I said, I like it. It's a good debut. It gets, it gives a good introduction to Kevin and his style, and it gives a good introduction to what. Because I don't, like I said, that's a. I consider that to be a psych album, and I consider uh, it a good way to to understand how he sees psych music. Right. So it's a good introduction to him as an artist, as much as it is an introduction to him in terms of the Tame Impala as a as you know some type of a project. Sure. Uh, but I I don't I think that it can kind of. It doesn't have the same complexity and variety that you get going forward from that point. Right. Necessarily. Although it still has a lot of sound in it. So I think for some, like for people who are more interested in the later stuff or who didn't start by hearing that or Lonerism and go back to that, mm-hmm. when they go to it, it doesn't stand out in the same way. Partially, I think it's because you're not, I don't think people are expecting it. Yeah. Who, who haven't heard it like that. So. And I think the Inner Speaker, I mean, all of the albums, but Inner Speaker is an early introduction to this very, very jarring sense that Tame Impala is created by one person within the studio. That they they have such a full sound and no one would be like, oh yeah, that's probably just one guy doing all that stuff. Well, yeah, sure, but I mean, it's not like, like that aspect to me is not impressive. And I don't mean that to say that he's not impressive as a musician, but it's like, when I think about myself, if I'm going to create music, it'd be nice to have the kind of control of me being the only one doing everything. It is a cool you know concept. And, so, and it makes sense too, because I mean, given the concept of the second album, Lonerism, he is a bit of a loner. He's right. very, he's very much a person who would want to be in the studio and do those things on his own. Some of the stuff I read though about that is that while I understand what you're saying with that, the other thing is the incredible burden that it is to literally have everything on your shoulders and make everything and it be on you whether it's good or not and absolutely whether, sure you know and you have i mean you have some stuff to bounce ideas off of people but ultimately you are doing all of the music you are doing all of the lyrics you are doing everything with it i mean i assume he produced the whole thing yeah you know, he like, absolutely produces he well. produces everything so i mean everything boils down to him so if he releases something and people don't like it or if then it that's isn't on popular Parker. Yeah. it's on him but i don't yeah. think he cares uh no he does in the same care. way well he, i, he, I, I he would he certainly can... want his project to i mean because like okay so for instance he um on the new album that just came out there's like this spotify like there are little interviews and snippets yeah. that were put in kind of to, to have him like kind of introduce songs and stuff and he seems very in in those interviews is very much like I hope you like this music. I want you to like my music. Yeah. Like, I, like, well, I'm sure you would. This hope, is something that I really well, worked nobody, hard on. I did this over this time, kind of thing. Nobody makes music they would that they hope people don't like. Everyone well, yeah. hopes that they like it. Tyler but I, the but creator what, does. Right, well, sure. But what <laughs> I take what I take from what I've read about his, you know, how he works in the studio and his perfectionism is that is that he, you know, his goal is to be happy with the product for himself, sure. Himself, internally. 
it's like a meditative type situation. You know what I'm saying? If he's internally happy, then like that's, and that's what I'm getting at. I mean, everyone, people make music in hopes that you would like it, you know, but as long as they've accomplished whatever they're trying to accomplish with, with him is a, is the stepping stone. The stepping stone for him is accomplish, you know, his mind being able to say, this is fine and we can do this now. And so that's where, that's where I'm getting from in terms of like, that's what's concerned, what I found to be concerning for him. And maybe you all have read interviews or heard things that are contrary to that. I don't know. That's just what I, what I pulled from it. Sure. Does anybody have a favorite track off of either inner speaker or lonerism? Since we're kind of talking about those albums as a package deal. Yeah. Let's play mind mischief. Okay. And that's an interesting one there. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think that that song brings up a point for me as well of like the mix on all this. Like everything seems to be in the same place for me. Uh, like I can hear everything that's going on. It doesn't seem, I don't know. I've always critiqued Beatles music uh, in their original mixing for being flat. Mm-hmm. But this seems very flat to me, but not in the same way. Like all the levels seem right there, but it's not like anything seems very buried. You know, that's, and that's what's interesting because the guitar, I mentioned it like, um, uh, in that song off of Currents. I really like the fuzz tone in it and it's very saturated, but it's like very mellow because it's not mixed super high, I think is part of it too, you know, and the compression that's used in his production methods. Well, don't you think that if it's a case that you're going to take may, not quite an homage to previous psych music but be obviously heavily inspired by that music that beatles are going to come up and maybe the mixing that you make is going to sound similar to the oh, way they I'm, mix i'm just that's just a comparison like i don't yeah. what i'm saying is i don't hear that in this oh okay it seems flat in a different way mm-hmm. like everything seems like it's at the same level but there's a clarity to it uh-huh. that i ne- that i don't get in beatles music beatles like the early the original mixing of them feels like it, it's kind of a boring mix. Nothing stands out in it. Mm-hmm. It's all just like there. And part of it is this wall of sound garbage that that was on the last few albums. And part of it is just like, you know, when they mix, they just kind of stuck things in weird places and just didn't do it. But for this, it sounds like that stuff is, everything is there, but it sounds like everything's coming at me at the same level, but I can hear it. It's dif- I can differentiate. You know, the the bass is important and the guitar is important, but they, they satisfy their own little realm of what the song is mm. in terms of the mix, which is something that I cannot say about Beatles mixes. That makes sense. So I would say, cause off inner speaker, cause I don't think anybody's favorite song is off inner speaker, but I really like the songs. Why won't you make up your mind? Mm-hmm. I really like the instrumental Jeremy storm. The closer is really good. Um, but my favorite song is off of lonerism. And I would say my favorite song is inner toy.
Fun fact about that song, that song was actually inspired by his time when he was in France. He made music with Melody's Echo Chamber, and he then, the song was Ender's Toy, which is French for approximately, like, to fall asleep. Mm. So it's it's inspired by his time when he was in France with Melody's Echo Chamber. It's a pretty good song, too. So I I like a lot of the early stuff, but I will say, moving into the next two albums, I also personally like the newer stuff, but I can separate, I think, those two albums from the previous two albums and can see that he is obviously making a shift in the sound of Currents and um, the Slow Rush. I would say that when it comes down to it, those are almost completely separated from, they take elements from, but are very, very much separated from the early work. So... Yeah, I know the guitar starts to. It's really weird because as you see the albums progress, the guitar bass psych stuff fades, and the synth pop bass psych stuff comes in for sure. And that's what's that. I mean, it already does it on Lonerism. Like that was a good example of it actually, mm-hmm. where you start to get some of it, and then by the time you get to Currents, it's it's like enough. I don't even think it's 50-50. It's probably closer to like 60-40. It might have been 70-30. It may be. It's very, very minimal in terms of like... Yeah, the guitar takes more of a back seat to a lot of the other stuff. A lot of synth, a lot of drum loops, a Mm -hmm. lot. Just a lot of those electronic-based elements, which makes sense because, again, he's doing all of this in his own studio. And so, and I think that if you think about... I even would say like if you think about like the the decades in terms of how his music has kind of like progressed forward through the years that really psych rock kind of died out around that time anyway. So if he's making something that is inspired by eighties, you're not really going to hear a whole lot of like psychedelic noise from it. You're going to get a lot more of that pop sound because that was really what kind of inspired that sound. So if you're making an album that's clearly, clearly inspired by that synth poppy sound, the psych rock is going to kind of wash out to a certain degree. Dax, I think this would be a good time for you to talk a little bit about something off of Currents, specifically, perhaps, that you wanted to talk about. Which thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, on Currents, uh, Tame Impala is a meme. Yes. So, let's start there. So, TikTok. Uh, is really, really big on The Less I Know, The Better. Very much so, which is what has boosted a lot of that song's Spotify listens. I don't know why. That I don't song know why specifically? That song, yeah. Because it's a good song. It is a good song, but like out of all of music, that that's the one. Yeah, that one that got picked out somehow. But yeah, it not only is it a meme, and has the a collaboration, if you will, of songs, a mix of two songs. A remix. A I remix, guess. if you will. Uh, has also been memified. What was the other song? That would be "Sexy Back." Yeah. So let's let's play let's play the uh, <laughs> let's play the "Sexy Back." Less I know a better. So I'm assuming this exists, but can you look it up to to be certain? Yes, of course. Uh, 
10 hour loop stop the auto oh play <coughs> is there a 10 hour loop yes, yes of course there okay. is okay there's definitely a 10 hour loop. Of that. i knew there would be but i wanted to know for sure that's a pretty good mashup on that one it's effectively just a means to put dancing to a song is that meme if you have like little clips of dancing then you put it to the less i know the better along with sexy back mm. that's one with, what you do the one with mo from the simpsons favorite one all-time right? favorite yeah it's a good one so i was looking at these memes and i found uh asmr covers of music uh let's give it a go before we play this i will say for listeners who perhaps listen to this on their car radios through a phone speaker through a computer speaker i would recommend that this piece of the episode grab your headphones place them on really soak in the asmr tones of course This video is an tangling? hour long. Are you telling uh, Just for everyone. It is indeed an hour long. That was made by Seb ASMR. So if you're interested in listening to an hmm. hour long version of what you just heard, it's out there <laughs> for you to listen to. Oh boy. Pretty good. Hmm. Pretty good. I'll, uh, I guess, play my favorite song because it's on this album. I will play Because I'm a Man. I I figured that would be the one you'd pick, and it I was actually going with that. It was gonna be Elephant, but you played Elephant, so now I'm like, well, I'm not gonna call it as my favorite song because it means I get to play one more song that I wanted to hear. That's entirely fair. That's entirely fair. in there so that song has two music videos mm. one of those music videos is more of a standard music video it's got a lot of like really odd like art style to it and then the second music video as we mentioned earlier has puppets in it isn't that fun that's fun i'm always happy when a band has puppets involved with their music agreed agreed with that i don't know how i first heard that song i have no idea i, I it's it's a strong possibility although it came out in 2015 right Yes. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it was going to be one of those iTunes free songs, but I've been on Spotify since then. I, are you sure I just didn't show you it? No, I've because been, I had I'd already Tame Impala way I had already heard that song, and then you were like, hey, you should listen to Tame Impala, and I said, I know that song. I know I that see. one song. And I, then I never listened to any of their other songs. I think when this album came out, 
you sat me down and made me listen to it. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure because I remember this being new. Because I'm a man is my favorite song off of Currents. So oh, yeah. I I mean that if it's a case that that album came out in 2015 and I was around you in 2015, I probably sat you down and made you listen to it. I, I, it has to because I've known this for a long time now. Right. I also really like the song Eventually. I like I I didn't I don't I didn't know that song. I don't think prior to listening to this album, but if I did, it kind of like, it seemed like a song that I knew, you know what I mean? Right. It seems like kind of a, a familiar song, but I, I like that song. I thought it was a pretty good album. Let It Happen's a long song. Quite a long song. Almost also minutes. has an interesting music video to it, mm-hmm. but I, I think Currents is probably my least favorite album of Tame Impala, but that does not mean that I don't still enjoy that album quite a bit. I like a lot of things that are done on that album specifically, but I think that there are tracks off of Currents that just don't land in the same way as other songs. I think that one is more like track by track. I really like things, but not the whole comprehensive project, which makes it so that one just falls a little behind because I love all three of the other albums. Well, the the Bible of all music, Pitchfork, gave it a 9.3 out of 10. I know they did. You guys have to like it. I don't have. You don't have to like anything. I gave it a 77 out of 100. So take that, Pitchfork. Yeah. I feel differently. And Pitchfork's garbage. <laughs> they make me mad on the daily. Hmm. Total junk. Total junk. And they're, to- and they're totally wrong about Tame Impala. Totally oh. wrong. Oh, my. Totally wrong. And they give no love to Fantagram's first album, Eyelid Movies from 2010. So sad. So sad. How do they feel about Franz Ferdinand? Uh, they uh, actually their debut got best new music, which as it should. So, and how do they feel about "I See Darkness" from Bonnie Prince Billy? Uh, that's a ten. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It's a ten. Total junk. Not junk. Well, that's that album's really good. No, They're, I'm just saying Pitchfork is total. Pitchfork junk. is total junk. Their opinions. It is total junk. Are you doing ASMR over there? No, no I just junk. did. Yes. That's a ten. Oh, I see you're doing that thing. Okay, mm-hmm. I thought you were just trying to do ASMR over there. Yeah. So, Caleb, this is something that I'm sure you would want to talk about. Of course. But uh, Tame Impala and a lot of hip-hop bands ha- have done some interesting collaborations. That is very true. So, Rihanna basically covered, I, I think it is a cover, of, um, it what is, a cover, what is yes. that song? Same old, new person, same old mistakes. Her version is uh, same old mistakes. Let's play that song. Honestly, a phenomenal cover. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. good. And that what's very surprising about that cover is that that is not just like a, oh, I did a cover of this song and then put it out as a single. It's the ninth track off of Anti. Like, it's not just like a throwaway track she did. She put it on her proper album. And she did it. She, she slammed it. She did good. Oh, yeah. Props to Rihanna. I also saw connections with like Kendrick and Kanye, Travis and all, Scott, all, all kinds mm-hmm. of. Well, fuck him, but other than that, <laughs> wow. all right. <laughs> I thought that might get you on that Triple J interview I listened to. Uh, that interview asked him about his experience with working with hip hop people, and uh, 
she said, what did you learn from your experience? You know, like, what did you learn from them? Yeah. And he said, well, the uh, kind of a, a sappy lame answer, but believe in yourself. That's what he learned from them. All right. That's that's very inspirational, very Parker. Inspirational, I like it. Yes. I wish he would have had a better response. <laughs> I, he probably wasn't ready for that question, no. I guess. I don't know. It doesn't sound like he was ready for that question. Another question he was not ready for, and this is something I for sure want to talk about. Go for it. She asked him. So she was talking about the music. Yeah. She asked him, what are you nostalgic for? His answer, anything that happened a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that good? It's a great answer. That's a great answer. I was like, I went back. I heard it, and then I went back and listened again, and then I copied it. I I typed it out. What are you nostalgic for? Anything that happened a long time ago. (laughs) I wish that you had a timestamp on that interview, because that'd be great. I mean, it's not. That's okay. I just it'd be very funny to hear. Right, it's the Triple J interview. It's twenty minutes long. If anybody wants to listen to it, it's pretty interesting interview. If you like Tam and Pala, indeed, and his how his mind works and thinking, talking about different things. I learned some things, uh, you know, on the on the interview. I'd never really done too much research about them that much, but it popped up because I subscribed to Triple J. Like, huh, very relevant for this week. Indeed. Well, again, this is uh, to transition. This is a very relevant week because, as we have mentioned on multiple occasions throughout this episode, Tame Impala just came out with a new album. Yeah. As of your listening ears one week ago, true that, and therefore we are covering Tame Impala for that reason. That mm-hmm. album is, of course, the Slow Rush. Un- and Tyler, not a fan, but un- yeah, it's unfortunate that's total junk, you know. But Jared Dax, how did you feel about the Slow Rush? Well, I'm into it. I've listened to it a couple times since it's ca- since it came out. And uh, my favorite song, at least my favorite song of right now, is on that album. It's uh, Borderline. <clears throat> Which version, though? Before the you album, play it. The album version, I, not the not single, the single version. version. I want to talk about that. Go for it, please. Well, go, play his song, and then we'll talk about it after. Okay. Nice pick. I personally uh, have a couple songs off of Slow Rush that stood out to me. I really like the opener. The opener is great. Oh, God, that was my least favorite one. The opener has such a really cool chill wave sound to it that sounds like a washed out song. Have you ever listened to Washed Out? Yeah, I own three Washed Out albums. Then you like this song. I don't, though. Yes, you do. It doesn't. doesn't, If you like Washed Out, you uh, like this song. It doesn't do it for me. You're wrong. (laughs) It doesn't. It's like the same fucking thing. You just pick things you don't like sometimes. I know. I'd love to be able to... To articulate the reasoning for it, but I don't. This song, this song. I'm gonna play it. Let me play this, play and then it. I'm gonna play a washed out song, and it's gonna be relevant. All right, but it, because which, of but our wait previous. A minute. Which boo 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 boo? You say is that what we're doing? Not quite. Yeah. Which washed out album are you gonna choose? You have to choose it. I'll tell you which album you have to choose it from. No, 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 no. All right, fine. But I want you to do it from a certain album. I'm gonna do the a real thing. washed out. I'm gonna sound. do a thing. Just okay. let me. Just okay. Let me do a thing. Uh, all right. Okay. All right. Oh, 
All right. Now I'm going to play this song from Washed Out. What album is it on? It is off the EP Life of Leisure. The track is Feel It All Around. Just some chill lo-fi beats. It's a pretty good EP. That's uh, to me, that is not the same sound at all to me. Well, I was just playing it because that's the the intro to Portlandia, who we just talked about on Good Band, Bad True Band, that. on our last episode from yesterday. I thought uh, that I thought that sounded like I had heard something. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's what that is. That is what that is. But uh, that's a good EP, by the way. But that doesn't it doesn't that doesn't sound like it to me. It's just Jared. got the same like chill wave tones to it. Not to me though, man. Not 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 what I think of when I hear that. Like the tonality is not different. But to your point. If I wanted to listen to some Washed Out, I'd listen to some Washed Out, not some Tame Impala. Fair enough. Jared, Dax, do you see the chill wave similarities on the two tracks? Like, do you see how it has like a very chill wave sound to it? Yes. Okay. So, Borderline was released as a single, I think the first single, and um, then it was released on this album, and he changed the song. Mm -hmm. Uh, George lucas it. That mm-hmm. see, okay, mm-hmm. that was a part of the conversation on the interview. So <laughs> he said that George Lucas did. Somebody told him that, and oh, he did funny. not like it one bit. Really, he wasn't like <laughs> upset. He was just like, "Oh man, you know, like because it wasn't." It is very similar in that kind of same kind of aspect. He did make it better though. But I mean, other people have done that. Uh, Kendrick Lamar did that with the song "You." You, yeah, I liked. Well, I like both versions. A lot of people do that. That's why a lot of times you will see songs that say a single version of a song, which mm-hmm. is mixed differently or has some. You know, it's not exactly the album release of that song. But he he said, and this is what the interviewer said, that it is a slippery slope when it comes to that. And he agreed. And he was he said it is a slip when it comes to that with. You know, releasing something and going back and changing it, going because you can ruin it by doing that. And he, they, during that same interview, she asked him what he thought music would sound like in five years, mm-hmm. ten years. And he kind of thinks of music in the same way as, um, not in in the way of art, but in the way of going back and continuing a project once you put it out you go back and add something to it take you know take things away whatever that's what kanye does Mm -hmm. you know other people do that as well so i I don't know if i don't know if i have an opinion either way on if it's good or bad to do what he i mean it was a single like you said but when you put out a single you expect that to be the album version right more it doesn't even have to be on an album like traditionally like we look at the course of musical history from like the 50s on Mm -hmm. right i mean not all singles were even on an album sometimes they weren't unlike today where they all are and unlike today where and this was kind of similar to vampire weekend's release of like hey we'll put a bunch of singles out and they're all will be on the albums you know he could have put he could release four singles you know because they're just teasers to buy it Mm -hmm. uh and two of them could have been on there and two of them not and what you know whatever they could just been released as a single of a side b side situation and that's their format kind of deal well that but, happened uh, so uh, it's like that happened last year actually with uh not to say music but with the newest slipknot album they had the single uh, we are not your kind which they thought was going to be basically the entire theme of that album and mm-hmm. they ended up cutting it from the album right you know and that so it's like that th- Everybody was kind of expecting it, and it just didn't fit with the tone of the record. But mm-hmm. they put it out as a single, so it was a single only, you know, non-album single. Sure. But 
Yeah, I don't know. It was. I don't. I mean, I listened to both. I hear the differences in both. He mentioned how the one thing he wanted to bring out more was the bass line in Borderline for the album track, and mm-hmm. um, she said, "Did anybody say anything to you about that?" And he said, "Well, they didn't know that it wasn't." prominent so nobody could have said you know right, I mean? like right. you don't you can't say anything about something you don't notice you know right like, you know so and of course he did yeah but he's of course a, he a huge yeah. perfectionist about his music he's like oh well, you know that the the bass is kind of not prominent in that song so let me go back in let me change it before all, i release an album it's also a lot different when you write and perform the bass line right so you know it's sure. there and if you can't hear it you're like i know it's there and i can't hear it you know yeah. well there's kind of a thing when like you're playing music you usually hear like a little bit more then you're actually playing. You kind of have something going on in your head. Mm-hmm. Well, it, so I imagine it was the, something. That's the reality lines. of like creation, you know, how to yeah. get what's in your brain somewhere else. But yeah, well, that's his, that's the thing that, like I said, I pulled, I've pulled from what I've heard is he's like, I think he has a really difficult time finishing anything. Sometimes you just have to tell yourself like, this is good. This is good enough. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that's the thing. It, when you're a perfectionist like that, it doesn't matter how long you have, you still feel like rushed. Right. You know, like this album took ten, right. five years, mm-hmm. but I'm sure he still felt rushed because when was it? You know, what kind of rush was it? A big time rush. Are you sure it wasn't a slow one? Oh, no. That song? That was about to happen. <laughs> that's the album. <laughs> oh. The album title is a slow well, rush. I knew that, but it you tricked me and i was like what else am i looking for (laughs) Um, man and so even having five years and having you know when when you have a release date on an album the this the record company is going to say hey we need a single for it and then you have to be you don't always know Mm -hmm. he probably had an idea of what he wanted the singles to be Mm -hmm. but you don't always know when you want to make sure they're done obviously in his opinion they weren't it wasn't done right you had to go back and change it but. to speak to the the studio part i i can't i probably shouldn't even bring it up because i don't remember who the band was that i was reading about that mm-hmm. but they had an album that was pushed back enough times that the studio actually fined them for how long it took them to put out the album they were like you were supposed to release this a while ago like put it out so so that i mean there's definitely a pressure to get your music out because it can have a big effect and also I don't think that that's the case for Tame Impala by any means, but he's headlining tours and he's, you know, a huge person in terms of live performances. A lot of people are waiting for him to make new music and put out new music because not a lot of people are going to keep going to the same current show. Eventually, people are going to start tapering out. And so they're going to be like, well, why haven't you put out new music so you can tour on that music kind of thing? So, yeah, well, I mean, the live, that's the thing, too. And this is something that I've been realizing a little more. I'm not sure. I guess I've always noticed it, but. I've never really realized to the degree in which it takes place, but like a live set is not like, you're not playing the music on the album. You know, you cannot bring enough equipment to recreate album sounds. Yeah. For instance. So, you know, it's kind of interesting in that way. Cause you, he's, there's a lot of freedom and I would expect he would utilize that freedom in changing the way things are, which means that, you know, the perfectionism of how it sounds on an album does not have to be, as intense as how it sounds live because you're relying on other members and you're relying on the limited amount of like equipment that you can, and you know, sounds that you can produce mm-hmm. and you've, you're, you know, you got to be creative in a different way, more in the moment type of creativity. And I do wonder, I don't, I didn't see an interview uh, or read anything that talked about him 
um, discussing like performing live or touring or how, you know, what's it like to attempt to recreate this with mm. multiple people. And like, that's something I would actually find really interesting to, to see is like his feelings on allowing other people to perform this and like giving up some of that control to them sure. and giving up some of the control to the space limitations. And like, how can you, how do you be creative in the moment and accept that like it's second by second, what you're putting out there is good enough for you to, you know, yeah, to, to put in front of people. I would also be remiss since we're talking about the other members who are incorporated into the live performances. Are you guys familiar with the band Pond? Yeah, I wanted to bring that up. I'm glad you did. Yeah, Pond. Pond is a band that is a lot of the members of his live performances. They come from the band Pond, another Australian act, and he actually produced one of their albums, The Weather. So he obviously has a lot of collaboration with them yeah, he even was, outside of just doing live performances with them he was part of pawn previously as well and, right and does he still does he still do work with them outside of production uh I'm he's not produced sure. more than one album i yeah i know because the weather is i think the most re- i don't yeah. think he produced their most recent album but the weather they had was one their second yeah, they had one come out last year yes. that he co-produced oh he, he did co-produce that one with pawn okay and then the weather and then he also produced uh, the 2015 release man it feels like space again which is what i the one i'm familiar with mm-hmm. um and i don't know previous to that but he was also performing it looks like he produced all of them yes when i get done but he was also a member is he still but do you know if he's still performing, doing perform like is no, he still he, recording? He, it says he just did he drums only from oh nine to eleven, and okay. then he's done production and mixing from two thousand twelve to present. So cool. Yeah, I don't think because they have a, a drummer. They have a drummer that started in two thousand. What? Well, yeah. It looks like they got rid of somebody. Well, I would assume he wouldn't have time for it. You know, they've but. had like four drummers. Oh my god! Yeah, one, two, three, four drummers. Real quick, just for anybody who has never heard of Pond before, but might be interested in listening to a little bit of Pond because Top Pond is, you know, has a similar sound to Tame Impala. So if you're checking this out, and you're like, I like Tame Impala. I like to think, find things that sound like it. Here's an example. I'm gonna play the song "Paint Me Silver." like the same thing almost. yeah it's pretty yeah. similar you think these guys used to listen to empire of the sun i'm not sure i'm not familiar with them really oh you don't know that their, their album empire of the sun's album no. they're australian they're like an australian mgmt oh really yeah huh interesting i'll have to look into they, that they ever watch empire strikes back absolutely they may they hopefully they george lucas did <laughs> real good yeah george lucas sucks <laughs> tyler have you played your favorite track yet yeah i played yeah, one I, off of lonerism yeah oh that's right okay yeah yeah okay just make sure. it oh i I will talk about it real quick, though, I suppose, because I mentioned it and forgot to do anything about it thus far. Yeah. Is that when Lonerism released, there was a... a uh, iTunes. Yes, an iTunes-only track on that that was released called Led Zeppelin. And that I think that was actually the first... I don't know where I heard it, uh, but I heard it somewhere. I think that was the first song that I actually ever heard. Probably iTunes. By Tame Impala. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't... It was in the <laughs> iTunes store. I was getting to that. You didn't even let me get there. You know what it was? You were trying to listen to Led Zeppelin and you hit That's the Led Zeppelin mm, song. That was it. And then you were like, wait a minute. That was it. No, I didn't. It was, so it was released straight to, you know, iTunes and the Apple Store, which I didn't utilize at the time because I was still purchasing music. I was purchasing records and this or that. And I uh, would download all of my music from the records or record it and still use that. I didn't use any streaming. I didn't heavily use any streaming 
services until we started doing this podcast, actually. So I did not hear it on iTunes. I don't know where I heard it at. I might have heard it on the radio. They may have played it on WCRD, quite honestly. Well, let's hear it now. And we should go for it. Doesn't it just sound like Led Zeppelin rolled into a song? It's pretty groovy. It's pretty. It, the drums are, you, are Led Zeppelin. Are you sure that wasn't Greta Van Fleet? It could. It almost could have been. I didn't. I mean, it's obvious that that was just inspired by the tonality of all of the instruments in it. You know, the drums sound a lot like. Ze- it all sounds like Zeppelin. It's really interesting. Yeah. Well, on that note, do we have any closing thoughts that we have on Tame Impala this week? I did want to talk about a little bit about um, we didn't really talk about any of his uh, beginnings or upbringing or anything like that's that. True. And that's true. Kind of important. Yeah. Because his dad told him to stay away from music. Yeah. And he said, you know, you, you are going to be disappointed. Don't do music. Don't become a music. Don't become a. Fa- I mean, you can play music, but don't try and make a career out of it. Right. And he and started he making music while he was in college. Yep. And so he uh, studied uh, astronomy. Mm-hmm. I, actually, he studied something else first, and then astronomy. I can't remember what it was. But as he was driving to an ext- astronomy uh, class, he got the call that he was signed that they, they wanted to sign him to a record contract, and he turned the car around. Yeah, he yeah he was like going for a test, and then just said, "Nope, not doing that." I think it was his final too, probably. Yes. If I remember correctly, like he could, like he was that close to being done. He's like, "Not even worth it. This is more important to me." So, but the reason that I talk about that is on this album, the newest album, uh, the song uh, "Posthumous," posthumous. Uh, Posthumous. What is happening? Posthumous. That's what's, Posthumous. That's how you pronounce it. Posthumous. Posthumous. Am I saying it right? Yes. Yes. Posthumous forgiveness. That song is about his feelings about his father who has passed away mm-hmm. due to cancer. And it is probably the most revealing song that he's ever written. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very like just, I mean, he talks about uh, being on the phone with a member of the Rolling Stones and this thing happened and this thing happened and, you know, wish you were here kind of thing. That's yeah. Floyd song. But um, it, I don't know. I, he was talking about that in the interview, and I didn't even really like notice it when I listened to the album that sure. much. So I went back and listened, and I just read the lyrics a little bit um, earlier. And so I, I don't know. I thought that was pretty interesting. And then the other song that was uh, that he talked about was a song on track that uh, she asked him because it's a ballad about that song, and mm. he cited Super Tramp as an influence. Oh, really? Yep. And he also it was funny because she asked him about that. He said another thing, another influence was uh, meatloaf. But he said, I don't even know if I know what meatloaf sounds like, but it's what I think meatloaf sounds like. <laughs> yeah. That, what would also be, because uh, we're talking about inspirations, and I thought this would be funny. Uh, one of his inspirations when he was uh, making currents was he got inspired because he listened to a Fleetwood Mac song. Oh, Gross. Yeah. That's absolutely horrid. <laughs> I knew that would upset he, you. That's why uh, I brought it up. He did cover a Fleetwood Mac song. It's on YouTube. Did he? Yeah. Which song? Oh, hold on now. I, I do have I a saved it. I do have a duplicate dupe when he's done with this. It was. Looks like it was. That's all for everyone. That's correct. That's 
a very Beatles sound yeah. to it. Well, it's better than Fleetwood Mac, that's no doubt. You're more than welcome to cut this later, but it's the second song that comes up when you uh, when you look up Tam and Paula Fleetwood Mac. All right. It's a mashup. The less Rihanna knows, the better. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Still better than Fleetwood Mac. That slaps. That I does. That. that does slap. I'm not, I never will use that word, but I will agree with oh, you man. on that that concept right I'm, there. I'm, I'm, that's gross. I have. Uh, go on. I was gonna say also Fleetwood. Or, uh, not Fleetwood. Man. The Flaming Lips have covered Tame Impala mm. and vice versa. I think they went yeah. on a tour together. Well, and Tame Impala was featured on the Flaming Flaming Lips and Hetty Fuens. Oh, yeah. That album, he was featured on that one, which has a ton of collaborative effort yeah. on it, but that is one of the people who were on that album. Well, I've got a boob to boop Do your boob to boop Because I feel like it. The posthumous forgiveness. Give her a play. Give a little red bone to play there by Childish Gambinos. Ooh. This is what I said when I heard this, when a single was released and I listened to it, and I was like, this is just red bone, which is, I'll admit to you, is an initial reason that I was like, I'm not going to like this album, but it did carry through for me. I attempted to remain judgment free because of that That's as fair. I listened, but. I'll give that a golly G. Yeah. You give that a golly G. Wow. Okay. I certainly would. It's I, I find that to be fairly clear. Yeah. Uh all I, right. I guess for my final thing, I would like to clarify, I think, for my final thought. Yeah. That I do not dislike Tame Impala. You just think that people I, hype them up more I find than it what be, they deserve. I find it to be severely overrated. Fair. I like inner speaker lonerism and a good, you know, at least half of currents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like this new album really. There are a couple parts that are okay on it, maybe, but for the most part, I do not like it. But I do like Tame Impala. I just find them to be incredibly overrated. I would once again be remiss to not say, just to make sure that I say it out there, it's a great album. I love it so much. It's probably my favorite album of the year so far. It's mm. very, very, very good. But you are welcome to dislike to it. To each his I, own, my friend. But I, I, I'm a big fan. Big, big fan. Worth mentioning is that Patreon sounded off. And their favorite album was Currents. And if you weren't aware, then you can subscribe to our Patreon. And you can also sound off and let us know via a poll which of the band that we are covering is your favorite album from them. Which, speaking of, let's welcome our newest patron, David. Hello. Hi, David. Virtual handshake given to you. Here it is. Mine's here. 
a shake shimmy, away. Shimmy, Mine's shake. relatively firm. Is it's it? not as firm as last time, but it's relatively firm. Last time being good band, bad yes. band. Yes, of course. All right. Great. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Record Roundtable. This week we have been talking about Tame Impala, and next week we'll be talking about Screaming Females. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Patreon. Thank you for listening, and goodbye.